Nobody has the right not to be offended. That right doesn't exist in any declaration I have ever read. If you are offended, that is your problem. And frankly, lots of things offend lots of people. I can walk into a bookshop and point out a number of books that I find very unattractive and what they say. But it doesn't occur to me to burn the bookshop down. If you don't like a book, read another book. If you start reading a book and you decide that you didn't like it, nobody's telling you to finish it. To read a 600-page novel and then say that it has deeply offended you, well, you have done a lot of work to be offended. That's a quote by Salman Rushdie. Mm. So, Mark, jumping off of that, do you think that words have an innate power or do we choose to give them power and whether or not they affect us? Well, I hesitate to think that anything has innate power. That sounds, to me, that sounds metaphysical. I think we we apply purpose to things. So, you know, you, would you agree that... That we create, at least. Do you think we could consciously decide that your words mean nothing to me, so I'll just... Yeah, I mean, we history proves that even even today in our in our society in the West... In the United States, I think that happens all the time. There's a, it feels like there's a constant battle. And if, if you want to look at it the way I do, um, one side is trying to censor the other. And, and, the, and the other side is defending free speech. And there's, I suppose there's, that divides up into smaller groups, right? Everybody has their, you know, unique way of looking at things. You know, they, they, everybody changes their beliefs a little bit different from their from the next person. Yeah, and then your Sometimes. beliefs themselves change throughout time too. At least I would they hope should. so. They should. <laughs> yeah, I I I prescribe that way of I prescribe I subscribe to that way of thinking, but I don't think uh, definitely not everyone does. Or no, no finds yeah, I think that a lot of people let words affect them matter what especially like young people well we all do don't we don't you i mean i'm sure you could think of some words that bother that trigger you or that bother you yeah there should but be. i i tried to not let them right i tried to consciously right disagree with it and then you just, don't want to be controlled only exactly by your emotions. i don't yeah sure yeah so i try to just say like well, what does that person know about me probably nothing and do they really mean anything do their do that do their words have weight or is it just hot air? Well, I th- one thing I notice about myself, and I, I see other people doing this, is that when you don't agree with someone, you remove the the easiest way to be okay with the, with their disagreement of your belief or with your disagreement in their belief is to remove any meaning to the words they use. Uh, and, and, in, and in so doing, just basically lose you any respect you had for them, if you had any for them at all. And I, I think that's where people, a lot of people get locked into their biases emotionally for that reason or through that, through that reasoning. You know, yeah. they, they, when you, they don't even want to listen. You know, if, if I, if you and I, I don't know, if we found a topic that you and I greatly differed on, if I really wanted to be Really, I, I think you're being someone's being an asshole when I do this, but if I really wanted to be an asshole, I would just completely ignore anything you had to say, even if it was truth or truthful or logical. Right, you just stick in your yeah, the heels in the ground matter. and you be pig-headed about it. Yeah, that would, mm-hmm. then you get nowhere for either of us. <laughs> no, that's exact, and I think I think that's a comfort zone for some people. I think um, there there is beauty and ignorance in that sense, right? There is uh, the ignorance is bliss as they say and if you can keep yourself ignorant i think for some that's even better i i personally you know i that i cringe at that i bristle at that but you know as yeah. i always say the thinking man suffers too so it comes with a cost yeah that's why freedom of speech is so important is so that you can have new ideas interject into your mind and you're not trapped in your own echo chamber and you can actually think in different ways and not just your own Oh, I, I think I agree. And I, I actually think it's not just important for the self, but it is the most important civil right or freedom or liberty, let's call it really is what it is, that any human being can have is the ability to say what you want. Because once that's taken away, there is no discourse and, and automatically you will submit more easily. You just will. Yeah, I never thought about some rights having more importance than others i always kind of thought that my freedom is one thing you know let it be to 
to go where I want, to express myself how I want, to say what I want. It's all the same to me. It's all just freedom. So I never thought about all different types of freedom having different importance. That's a interesting point. It's a new concept to you. Yeah, never really thought about it like that. I, I, I do that. I try, I break it down because I do believe that certain liberties are more important than others and, and are governed, I think, differently and should be. I think, I don't believe in like perfect freedom. I don't even think that's a, a healthy idea. I mean, because nowhere even in nature is there perfect freedom. We are governed by, you know, importance, whether it's through survival or with humans where it can be affected even by, you know, emotions and, and even just what we find likable effects are how we discriminate, you know, based on what we want or don't want in our lives. Meaning, for example, um, I can choose to live where I want. That's a freedom. Yeah. Right. Where I'm not free in that choice is my ability to move. Right. Maybe right, I'm held back by the, the money that I have. Yeah. I don't have enough money or, uh, you know, something else is family holding me ties. back. Yeah. They're, they're, right. I'm taking care of a family member or, uh, you know, whatever. There could be any number of reasons that I'm not free to do what I could be free to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I think that the government should have less of a, uh, you know, power to tell you what you can and cannot do. That I your, your decisions in your life have led you to maybe be not as financially free or you you're choosing to take care of someone because no one else will, but it's still your choice to take care of that person. So you're maybe trapped there. I agree. And that person, that person could be me. And I agree with that. I, I think the more the government decides for me, what is good for me, the less interested I am in what they have to say. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that, yeah, the power, I mean, the power of, of words is a real power and we are manipulated by it daily. Even I think where it succeeds the most, if you want to call this the most successful propaganda, I guess is one way to look at it is when we manipulate ourselves, um, for all kinds of reasons, but we, we, we are surrounded by all these elements, all these things that are said, uh, about others or our judgments about others, which can translate in our minds to judgments about ourselves. And then we are left when we're, most of us are, you know, alone when we're talking to ourselves, so to speak. <laughs> and even we will manipulate ourselves. I think that that's yeah. the real victory, the, the sad victory, the dark victory of the misuse of the power of words. So, I would disagree with the words having the power, but it's the ideas behind them. Well, no, that's what I mean. That what we, the power that we give those words. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, No, I mean, what is a word? It's a sound. Yeah. The the same way you don't understand another language is is the same as saying you, you, it has no power over you. But I think that, um, where our own words have more power to us than. What do you mean? Our own words? Like the language we understand. So what I say means more to myself than what you say to me, because. I have a deeper understanding of what that word means for me than you, what you. Oh, well, sure. You know how to, no one knows how to talk to you better than you. Yes, exactly. And I can communicate those ideas to me more. And that's why I believe in like objects of power and things like that. We've talked before. Sure. I mean, where you can imbue thoughts and ideas into into something, an object or whatever. You can, in, in essence, give life to lifeless things. Yes. In your mind. Uh, no, I think we. I think no matter how rational a person you are, you do that. I mean, maybe psychopaths don't, but um, no, definitely. I mean, in a way, I look at it as though we are sort of each of us are translators, in the sense that <laughs> when we listen to others speak, we're translating their meaning, yeah, in silently in our minds into ways we can understand it through our own words, yeah, so to speak. I, I totally agree because when I think, when I listen to the phil- uh, philosophers say like uh, Alan Watts, mm-hmm. I'm literally spending the whole time repeating every sentence he says in my head, trying to yeah. figure out what Breaking he means. <laughs> I'm like, where is this guy coming from? Because Eastern philosophy is just so different to me. And that's what he kind of focuses on is bridging the gap between Western and Eastern. Like philosophies. I, I love Alan Watts for that reason. Oh, I, I do too. And, and it's just so interesting just trying is. to like see the world in a different way. 
Well, th- one, I mean, a thought that occurred to me is that it certainly feels, at least my understanding of history, that Eastern civilizations spent a lot more time thinking about the self than Western civilizations have or did. I think and, that it, it may be more different popular. now. Yeah, I, I mean, over in more recent history, let's say the last couple hundred years, that's changed. I'm sure because the world we've become more global as a society. Yeah, but definitely in past and even in ancient times, I, that's just the impression I've gotten is that you know, a, countries in Asia have spent their religions at base. Uh, you know, many of them are, are their core is based on that, like the you know self inward ref, you know. Um, inward um reflection right right? like self-reflection like thinking about yourself from a third person but then bringing it inward and 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 being that person and being a witness you know the best way for example that i've had meditation described because i meditate and for years i didn't have a good way of explaining it to someone else you know what it means to meditate and what are the benefits because it sounds kind of spooky yeah but the best way i've heard explained it which i believe was from alan watts is that you train yourself to be a witness of yourself the mm. same way that you have no control over the thoughts that come to you. You realize that and then you just become a witness to every sensation, every thought, and you you don't edit it. You don't fight them. You don't manipulate them. You let them just happen. That isn't to mean, you know, I don't go in the middle of a mall and start talking to myself <laughs> like a crazy man. I do that quietly in my bed at home, right? Or on yeah. a chair somewhere. I think that's important um, to realize that your thoughts are not necessarily who you are, right? Like the things that come to you are just just reactions to your stimulus and what different things Very around you are. that you've experienced and just because you're having these violent urges and thoughts and whatever, you might feel like you're a terrible person, but you're not, right? Like, that's just, it just happens. It's like no, the call yeah, exactly. of the void. It's like when you're standing on the edge of a cliff, you feel like you want to jump, but you know you're not going to jump and that you shouldn't because that will end horribly. You may die or be injured. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you, you save yourself, I guess you can look at it that way. But it, no, it's not an actual, um, yeah, the call of the void is not about actual desire. It's just... I don't know if you call it abstract, but it's it's fantasy, right? Right. Well, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like wake, you know, dreaming awake in in a, in a way for a little bit. In a, yeah, in a, in a, in it a does. It does way. feel that way, right? Because the call of the void is more like to your brain isn't can't comprehend what it would be like to die because it never has died, right? So it's like you seize that, and it's like, what is this? It's just it's confused by what's going on, and that's why you feel that call to. The explore, exploration of the of what it is. is I what never it thought is. of it that way. I'll have to think more on that. Yeah, let's what go to, is, we can always go to the edge of a roof and just find out if you want to experience. Well, <laughs> well, it sounds like well, then what you're talking about is vertigo. Well, no, because it's not like because it's it's that urge. It's not the the dizziness because ver, vertigo is just your equilibrium is off. Yeah. Okay. Well, then. Well, let's get back to uh, free speech. Yeah. yeah free speech. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about censorship? You know, do you think what do you mean? Like, do I agree with censorship? No, yeah, definitely no. not. Do you I ever mean, self-censor? Of course, we all self-censor. It's yeah, necessary. I think that yeah, I think to censor. I mean, a person who's completely unfiltered is not a likable person. Nor are they as interesting. I think I don't. I don't. I know there are. I mean, you can go on to like TikTok or Instagram and find some person that really pats himself on the back about how unfiltered and you know so-called bluntly honest they are with the world and the people around them but that doesn't that doesn't strike me as brave that that strikes me as reckless so as to be noticed and that's See, actually really selfish in at, at, at its core i used to think that self-censorship was bullcrap you know i used to think that why would i why would i alter myself to please others like that i always thought that was just dumb well what changed your mind that's not the game we play in society. No, it's not. So I had to change my way to be a part of it. So if I wanted to play this game of social constructs and, you know, succeed. If you want to get paid. Not just paid, but just like not be alone. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to it's easy to isolate and alienate yourself from everything. Yeah, if you right? just speak your mind all the time. And yeah, then, I mean, yeah. If, yeah, if you just let loose the tidal wave of un of unfettered thought then you really do kind of become an alien i don't i think you become less human i really do you can i I feel i feel like 
like I've also I've often joked that everyone suffers from different forms or levels of dementia it's just that what we call normal is the is the person who can manage it which is most of us and so is it well managing it make you normal or is yeah it, it's the management of your of your insanity that okay. makes you normal so if underneath I, I my management I am, so underneath my management i am completely deranged is what you're yeah, saying yeah we're all that way I okay think. cool yeah, well, we're at least all, everyone's that way we're all deranged <laughs> and we all have um sort of hallucinogenic fantasies while we're awake. Um, yeah. Like many trips that our mind can take on its own. And we vary in, in severity. I, mean, I think most of us manage it because we're used to. It's it's normal. It's part of a fail-safe in our brain. And that, if I was to describe normalcy, that's how I would describe it. It's the, the management of derangement. I like it. I like it because... So it's a real struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle, yeah. Um, it is. I mean, really, if you think about it, what your brain does chiefly is manage stress. I mean, everything in life is some is some generates some level of stress mm-hmm. down to, you know, what you're going to eat or how, how are you going to plan a funeral. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, or just talking is is a way of managing stress. It is. Know, everything like, is a management of stress, and so. It's we, the meaning of life, man, and stress. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was 42. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, censorship is important. I don't think a completely uncensored person is not only not natural in my mind, in my opinion, rather, but it's also a lot less useful. Now, that doesn't mean that I think people, that everything, that more should be censored about what we say or do. Nor do I believe that it requires a third party, right, or even a second party. Yeah, I would agree with that because yeah. no one knows what every person should be able to say and what not to say in what every single situation. I can't well, tell we know you what Mark, we know what's what, inappropriate what to, do, to say, but if we're gonna protect that liberty, which I think is the most important one, we have to teach ourselves to accept the difference of opinion that others have. I think that's, you know, I, I like I've said before, I believe in brotherhood towards man. We should all be trying to be good to one another. And even when we strongly disagree with each other, so long as no one is being hurt and no liberties are suffering from our decision-making, then we just need to suck it up, buttercup, and just <laughs> take in whatever the other person has to say. Yeah, I and mean, I think it's important, again, to listen to other people and what they have to say. You never just, know when you're going to learn. Exactly. You can learn from someone who you think is just com- below you your intelligence. You can learn a lot from someone you don't agree with. Yeah. No, for sure. I I think I think that's that leads to some important enlightenment that everyone should reach in life is having, you know, it, I'm not saying we should we should be people who are whose beliefs are constantly destroyed. Because some beliefs are too strong for that, right? Beliefs, in other words, like, you know, a lot of what we do in life, we make decisions on is based on logic, right? Yeah. Like, if you need a heart surgeon, you're going to go find a good heart surgeon, right? You're not just going to trust your best friend or a priest that you, you know, that of your <laughs> congregation. I'm just saying, for an yeah. example, you're going to look for a heart surgeon. You're not going to look for a mechanic or a priest or, a, you know, a deep sea diver. Right. That's just logical. Right. right, pure simple logic. Saying, yeah. So we rely on that level, that kind of logic, all the time for all kinds of decisions that we make. Yeah, absolutely. We shouldn't waste that either. We shouldn't take that for granted. What do you think about like trigger warnings? What's a trigger warning? So like before someone gives like a speech or in a video or something like that, they'll like tell you that there's sensitive subject. In I this think that's and like oh, and that if you have experienced this kind of trauma before, perhaps you should leave the area. So here's what I think about that. Um, they give seizure warnings for videos that may induce okay. seizures for people that have that actual condition. I don't think that compares in any way, and I just wanted to plant a, plant a flag there. I don't believe in trigger warnings. Uh, that, that term is ridiculous to me. If you're going to be upset, you'll know it. <laughs> when it happens, I don't need to pre-warn you because what am I doing besides being ridiculously politically correct? I'm, I'm already in a way, I'm already in a way upsetting you because I'm, I'm saying, uh, 
I know I'm gonna upset. I know I'm gonna upset you, and I'm about to do it. <laughs> no offense, but offense. Yeah, no offense, but offense, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's also unfair to you're already you're already like priming me to put up my defenses, you know. And I may okay. I may be ready to agree with you. Yeah. Like even someone I know I've agreed with previously or in the past, like mm-hmm. an author who's about to give a speech. If he was to say that, I would immediately be on my defense because right. I'd be like, okay, well, what is this? you know motherfucker about to say because he's putting himself in the potential or in a state to of already attack why drop your shield be strong yeah. be confident say what you want to say if you've got a point you believe in then you then you don't need to make yourself naked when you say it. and that's what you're doing when you preface it that way so i don't believe in that and i also think that it's a it's a sign of weakness in a way. It's like saying you don't fully believe what you're about to say. You're a little wishy washy well, about it yourself. I think it's more of offensive to say that to someone. It's like, oh, you're too weak to handle this. You know, you're, you're too weak to to hear what That's I'm, what I'm about saying. To it's say. all, you're already insulting me. Yeah, with, before you've even given me a chance to be yeah. insulted. So they also say it's important for people who have gone through trauma to hear things that are similar to their trauma. To he- to go to like revisit that trauma in a sense, I can and that agree that with can that, actually help you get over your 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 yeah, I mean, emotional like state. The same that sounds like the same premise as in you know if you want to overcome a fear, you need to face your fears. Yeah, I mean that's pretty I, much I, what I it is. I believe that one hundred percent. I any fear that when I first started challenging myself to face my fears, I overcame them. Yeah, I just did. As as long as you keep pushing yourself, whatever it is that you're afraid of, you will learn to overcome i i, I don't so, i don't think it's impossible the fears that all. you have overcome do they like get easier because do they just get easier to deal with because you know what that feeling feels like or is it you no longer get that feeling i don't lose the fear yeah. i just teach myself how to deal with it so you just teach yourself that the fear doesn't yes, matter because fear well fear does matter fear is important fear is in nature for a reason right fear teaches the animal when how to respond as quickly as possible when danger or an emergency is present mm-hmm. and to force you're forcing your brain through fear when you when you face fear and your brain doesn't want you to do that your body doesn't want to do that because it's the alarm is telling you what go the other way mm-hmm. <laughs> the fire is in front of you turn around but if you want to jump through a fire you need to build up that skill, and that skill is what I would call willpower. Okay. And the only way to build that up is to push yourself. You have to push yourself. So does each fear have to be overcome individually with your willpower? Yeah, it or does. does. Or does it all kind of combine together once you accomplish one, then well, your willpower is now stronger? Yeah, I mean, there are some fears become small or you do lose your fear for them. And I think that only happens when you discover happiness or excitement as the reward from facing the fear. For example, if uh, like the first time you learn to joust, right? Yeah. I don't know how you felt, but I was afraid, but extremely excited because it was something I was looking forward to learning how to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like my second, it was my first or second run and it went really well. And that played a part, but the fact that I had done it I had so much joy after the fact (laughs) that the fear felt gone. But when I really thought about it later, and even on the next day of jousting, right, practice, I realized that the fear was still there. It was just shadowed by my excitement and my my joy. Yeah. So that can make you feel like the fear goes away, Mm -hmm. but doesn't it doesn't actually go away. If you know, if you're fear is something that it hits you hardest i think when you're when you're alone like if you're like late at night sleeping if you're alone (laughs) you know or the person next to you is already asleep yeah that's when fear can really stab you so one thing i've taught one thing i've done for myself and i think it could work for others is i've taught myself never to make decisions right before sleep or when i wake up in the morning because that's when my resolve is weakest for whatever reason I, I, for some reason, my resolve, my defenses are down, yeah. and I, I feel I beat myself up in those quiet moments for some okay. reason. So what I've taught myself to do is when I feel decisions coming on that I know are bad or that are based on fear and depression, mm-hmm. I shut my mind up. I say, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Go to sleep or shut the fuck up and wake up, get out of bed. 
And what helped what helped me get to that point was uh, actually when I first started working at Medieval Times and I first started like being physical because you know how obviously yeah. physical that job is. Yeah, it's like I, professional sport. It is. It's it, it really is. And I would wake up every morning and I made I made it my habit, my mantra to say the first thing I said waking up out of bed every day, every single day, I still do this is it's time to rock and roll. I just do that every morning. <laughs> I say that out loud to myself. You look it's in time the mirror? to rock and roll. No, I don't look in the mirror. I just think it and I say it and then I, I get out of bed and, and I'm going. Nice. And it helped it helped big time. It changed my life, really. That's awesome. I yeah, mean, don't I you just, have little rituals like that you do for that for yourself? Yeah, I punch my bed. <laughs> you punch your bed? Yeah. In the same spot every time? Or? Well, I guess. Yeah, it's how I get out. I had to I had to will myself out of bed and hit it. Is <laughs> and, that like, the only thing myself. you punch? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, if I hit the wall, it's going to break, and then I have to pay for it, and that's it's no good for anyone. Well, I just didn't, I just, you know, I didn't. It's a it's a it's a dark thought, but I just imagined like you and I in a house with like a wife and kids and a dog, and everybody has a black eye. <laughs> Consistently, one time I I was sleeping next to a girl, and she was she was a, she was asleep right, and I woke up and I just was trying to move myself onto my side. And I'm like I have no energy, so I just like punched the bed as hard as I could and rolled over my side, and I was like. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad that she wasn't like her face wasn't there. Oh <laughs> I was God. like, I almost just obliterated this girl. Like she would have been just splattered all over the place with a violent punch. You know, it would have been it, awful. You're out of time. In ancient like Rome, you should have been a gladiator. They should have just covered you in spiky metal and let you just wake up in front of like an audience <laughs> and just kill whoever was next to you. It's like silly lion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean. I don't know. When it comes to censorship, I guess I could ramble. But I mean, don't don't you agree? Don't you? I mean, no. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think that any third party or government or anything like that should tell you what you can and cannot say or what you can and cannot write or show or express or anything like that. But I do think that you should self censor to win the game of society, right? Just the game you, of society. Well, that's what it is, right? Everything. What does that mean? The game of society. So, like, when society plays a game right there's there's constructs there's rules and how you interact with it it is literally a game and you, life for me is trying to figure out how this society game is played well, society out. is people right so how you what you're saying is how do i game people how do you gain gain the favor yeah no no not gain game game people yeah okay because that's what they're just they're, they have their presets and i just got to figure out what they are Right, how they're going to react. It sounds to you. like you're isolating yourself from everyone else, we, almost like yeah. you're an astronaut visiting Earth, <laughs> and it's you're trying that, to deal with humans. It's not that extreme, but yes, I am trying to deal with other humans. <laughs> it is a very difficult thing to understand people's minds and to how I guess manipulate them into allowing me into their society and and working amongst them. And do you always feel that removed from everything around you? from everything like, that's external like are, yeah are you constantly like reapplying really readapting to what's around you to like different you situations house? of course yeah yeah but i mean are you consciously pushing it sounds like you're consciously like you have to you know hype yourself up to do it or well, not necessarily hype but i have to remember which rules i'm going into which if i'm going to my mom's place or if i'm going to the gym or if i'm going to because each place and different people are going to okay, react so in different ways i would say that's so persona I'm, which yeah, persona yeah, are you going to, which yeah. mask are you going to wear yeah. for whatever situation you're going to be in? But that's the game. Okay, so that's that's what you would call the game of society. Yeah, is is is, pers- is personas. Personas and, and how to effectively rule in this game, how to be good at it. I feel like if a psychologist was listening to us right now, they'd be like, yeah, so we have words for this. <laughs> is it called, psych- is it called it's psychosis? It's in a book. <laughs> it's not called Game of Society. That's a show. <laughs> but you can call it that. Game of Society. Game of Society. So, well, that leads into political correctness, which, well, let me ask you first. What do you, so do you believe political correctness was the term itself invented disingenuously like right off the bat it's a term designed to manipulate lots of people into being afraid about what to say or do i could agree with that yeah i don't know i never thought about it 
Who do you think court. was who originated that then? The Democrats. I don't know. Do we know? <laughs> I don't know. Is I that guess, something that we can figure out? I'm sure you could figure out the etymology and the and how the the origin of the word and everything and who first where it was first written and stuff like that. Hmm, yeah. But I don't concern myself with necessarily political correctness because Yes, I will try and treat people with kindness and, you know, not try to offend, try not to offend them. Like if someone doesn't appreciate certain words and they're part of that word, like, I don't know, a homosexual, right? I'm not going to go around saying, oh, that's gay. You know, if they're offended by that and I'm their friend, I'm not going to. You'll change the words you use in the presence of others. Yeah, just to an, to an extent. To an extent, for sure. I'm not no. going to start like... You're going to learn a whole new vernacular just for that one person. Yeah, that's a lot of work. I'm what gonna, about for a group of people? Well, it depends, right? Or, it depends on like the the place that I'm going to. Okay. Right? If, they're, if, if they're at my place, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on my way and I'm going to try and be as nice as I can to these people. But if if I'm going to their space, like their house or their their place of... Um, community, then yeah, of course I want to try and well, do that, as the Romans I think, do. I think that's the key. The community is the key word because that's where. So people associate community as personal space. In other words, some people are like roaming islands. Wherever they go, that's their personal space, and it doesn't. It isn't just a three meter radius from the center of their <laughs> their chest. It's you know an entire building or an entire town. And so they expect everyone around them to change the way they talk just for them. Even when they're not within earshot. Right. That That's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. Because too. But that, but then again, that's from the point of view of that kind of person. Why can't they change to me then? Well, just, well, exactly that. I mean, that's where, that's the core of it. That's, you know, how selfish should we be with what we consider politi- politically correct or let's just say polite. Yeah. I mean, I would just go to the extent of being polite. You know, that's my, that's as far as I'm going. I'm not going to try and like get every little thing correct because I just don't think that's important because I think that it's a two way street. I got to adapt to you and you got to adapt to me. As long as I'm not being malicious and mean and rude to you, then you can leave me alone and I can leave you alone, you know, and we can still be friends and we can still, but you don't have to like agree with everything that your, your friend says. Would you would you say would you agree that it's affected by someone's perceived importance for their role in society? So, for example, if you met, let's say, a four-star general, mm-hmm. and you're not military, okay, but you address him, and every time the first couple times he corrects you, to call him sir, would you do that? It Even depends on the level of respect I have for that person. Well, he's if, a general. Just go off of that. Yeah, but I mean. He's a four-star United States general, and you're you're speaking to him. You have to say something to him, and he's willing to listen. But every time you use his name, he interrupts you, and he says, "It's sir." Yeah, I mean, maybe eventually I'll try, but like, it's going to be difficult because I just it's not in my vernacular, right? Okay, so, but you would make the attempt. Yeah, eventually. So let's now let's change the let's change the scenario. Now it's a YouTuber. Okay. Uh, some social justice warrior, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't believe in gender constructs, and okay. they want you to call them zur, and they constantly interrupt you to call them zur. Does anything change for you? No, because if they want to be called zur and not a gender name, then whatever, it doesn't affect me. Well, it replaces, you know, sir or madam, basically. Right, but if that's what they want to be called instead, then that's fine. You just go along with it. Yeah, but I'm not gonna if it outside of their earshot mm-hmm. i'm going to call them probably by their gender that right. i see i see because okay. not only it gets it gets super confusing when people don't know what you're talking about what is a zer like no one else is going to know it right. right that i'm yeah. talking to in my daily speech it's not common vernacular exactly yeah. so i'm going to have to use you know a common language you know that we can both talk about so we can come to terms on whatever the subject is you know, I find it diff- I often find it one of my one of my idiosyncrasies that I try to curb, or just the way my response is. All let's say is that I I, tr- I get angry very quickly, or I get offended when people are seemingly offended for no reason when I've tried to be polite. Right, uh, that upsets me. 
Because then I get offended. You're basically being, you're, you're embarrassing me and you're embarrassing <laughs> yourself yeah. by cr- creating a small scene when I've clearly been tried to be polite. Yeah, you know. I guess if they like were nice about you know, hey, could you call me Zer instead, please? I'm like, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I think you're but right. If I think you just the... say, oh, no, it's uh, Zer actually. I'm like. Why you gotta be so rude about it? Where is this hostile energy coming from? Right. Why you got like I didn't know that. Like, okay, you gotta realize. Yeah, I mean, that isn't I didn't that know. just isn't that rude itself? Yeah, that's rude itself. In fact, I wouldn't. I was about to say it's just as rude, but it's not just as rude because I wasn't being rude. Right. And even if I was, it was an accident. Yeah. But to just be automatically upset—that's so rude to me. To yeah, because I just don't. I, if I don't know, and you should realize, as someone who's going through these these as a in your life you're going you're meeting people like me all the time right so you should know that people don't necessarily know what you want to be called so you have to talk to them politely and then they'll talk to you politely niceness begets niceness and evil begets evil that's just how i agree with that things escalate that's all it is they feed off each other and 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 their energy and just go forward with it i do think that i mean when it comes to the government's role in free speech I like the way we have it now for the most part in America where, you know, the only speech that really isn't free is a threat. Yeah. If I threaten you, I like that should be taken seriously. I, I don't think that should be considered a joke or, uh, let's say, not serious if I threaten to kill you. Well, it depends on the tone, though, right? Yeah. I mean, a, a comedian saying it to an audience, I don't think is liable. Yeah. <laughs> he's, or, I think it's you know, safe to two assume friends. he's, he's, he's kidding. Yeah. Um, I, well, yeah, I mean, cause if you like, you know, you, 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 you tipped my drink over that I was holding my hand, you know, and like just being like a funny rude, you know, a rude, funny thing to do. I was like, Oh, I'll kill you. You know, you know, that's just like a, it depends on your, your constructs with your friends. The context like, matters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a hypothetical would be to get a random call from someone I know, even if it was a friend, and then you know they just <laughs> deathly <laughs> just on the line, like I'm going to kill you tonight. Just like three heavy breaths, and just like I'll kill you. <laughs> I, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So <laughs> that makes us laugh, but I mean, what if someone in that situation, you know, calls the police? Aren't they? Are they in the right? I I guess they are. Yeah, if you take you it should take it seriously. Yeah. If you did, I mean, you should treat it that way. Or at least lock your doors. At least, <laughs> at least lock your door before seven o'clock. So, do you do you believe in fighting words? Do you think that that's a thing? Just because I say something that you have then have the right to use physical violence against for what I said? I think no one has a right to physical violence, but I do believe that physical violence has a context where it should be defended and again that it's taking a scalpel to the situation but you have to do that we that's i mean we're in human society we have to we have to really look at the facts of things you know if if uh if a cop beats up a citizen there might be a good reason for that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if if physical violence was needed right to subdue your criminal or whatever yeah i mean and vice versa i don't i Here's the thing. I know that if someone attacks a police officer, they're already in trouble, even if they're in the right for doing it, right? And more than likely, the police officer has more force and more resource to apply in that force to to win that fight. Yeah. Because you really don't want to win a fight with a police officer, (laughs) uh, even if you're in the right. I think that's a a huge uphill battle, no matter what race or person you are. Yeah, I think at that point, you you need to... To leave the realm of but police again, officers and get out of Dodge. <laughs> well, you again, there that is a situation, and there are there are cases where you know people got out of trouble even though they attacked a police officer. But man, the right people had to come together to for that person's justice to be defended. And I think you know the justice system is not something that's perfect because it is based on words and it is based on moral beliefs, moral you know human moral beliefs, mm-hmm. right? You could argue that, yeah, there are animals in nature that have morals, and they do, and they're very similar to humans, but they differ greatly as well. And that's another discussion altogether. But yeah, that's interesting. I didn't really think of animals having morals, but I guess they have constructs, like social constructs and stuff, so I guess. 
morals aren't too far from that. No, I mean, yeah, I, I think the best definition of morality um, for me came from Christopher Hitchens when he, and it, it's not necessarily his, but I like the way he said it. And he said that morality is born from the need to survive. And what he meant, he basically what he explained after that was that I'm good to you because it assists my existence. Yeah. Right? That's and humans learn that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the game society. Yeah. And that it, that humans learn that. We, we've known that early on, right? For hundreds mm. of thousands of years. Yeah, we're, we're, we're actually domesticated we animals because of being nice to each other helped us. Well, we, know, yeah, we, benefit, we see is, self-benefit is from it, right? As selfish as that sounds, and it is, but that's where morality begins in the, in the self. Yeah. That's where it begins. And so because we recognize that helping others does more for us than hurting them mm-hmm. or sub or subjugating them. Right. Then we created a system of beliefs around it. And then from their rules and from rules, laws, right? And the yeah. more, basically that's what laws, I mean, are born from, it's based on what population, right? Yeah. A family can live on rules. A society needs laws. Yeah. The honor Absolutely. system breaks after so many <laughs> people are involved. And yeah, in some I families mean, it breaks right away, but you just got to be good to each other. Just don't don't mess with each other. That's all. Well, that's what they say. There's a movie called Live and Let Live, The Bonfire of the Vanities, and I love Morgan Freeman plays the judge, and at the end he he screams at the courtroom and he shuts everybody up. It would never happen like this way, of course, but I love what he says. He says, you know, the justice is man's feeble attempt at decency, and that's really what it is. I agree with that. I love that line. Yeah. It's it's so far the best we can do for being good to one another by the laws that we enforce, and it it's not perfect. We so, fail, but we we go we try to repair. Do you think that fix. the only way that society can be good to each other is by having laws? If yeah, were? oh, definitely. I mean, history has proven that. So if there were no laws, it would be complete chaos. Yeah, I mean, ent- ent- entropy is always knocking on the door, because I mean, we we are no longer in balance with nature and therefore no longer in balance with each other. And since that balance doesn't exist, the only thing that can exist is, is chaos and chaos is, is a, you know, that's well, chaos is an organizer because chaos only exists until things balance again. I believe in that. So chaos is, you know, we've generated a lot of chaos because of the way we live on this planet Mm -hmm. and without laws, it would just, it would really just explode in our face. It kind of is. No, already. it sounds a lot like fluid dynamics is what that sounds like. Describe what you mean. So fluid dynamics is like where just the motion of fluids and how, how they interact with each other, like even like oil and water. So you got like chaos can be oil and then, um, or vibration be, sound. Yeah. yeah. You, so I, like, I agree with that. So if you interrupt it, right, you interrupt the order with mm-hmm. the chaos, the oil, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, th- you move through it, and then eventually they'll they'll intermix, and it will be chaotic. But then eventually they'll will, settle, they'll, they'll find their bear, their yeah, yeah. I, that's exactly what I'm saying, and I and I agree with that. I think, I think everything in nature is that way. That's how it finds balance, including man. We're no different. We're we're, we're from nature. Well, we are. Yeah, we're animals. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, we're just another animal. Yeah, we just have a uh, a more sophisticated way of communicating, if you will. Well, sophisticated as in the sense of I would complex say complicated. And, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's sophisticated. Not, <laughs> not sophisticated as pinky out drinking my tea, hoity toity, but sophisticated well, as in just complex and and there's more there, there, there's more rules and organization and even chaos in some degrees. Yeah, I actually would look at the sophistication of communication differently in nature. That was a really good sentence. You like sophistication that? of yeah, I know. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it's a little poem. But it, uh, I mean, for example, if you've, if you've ever noticed squirrels fighting over, over a nut, right? Over mm-hmm. food. How long does that argument last? Oh, like it's. It's over in seconds. Second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, there's, there's no, there's not a lot of deliberation, it's, right? It's tussle, and tussle, it doesn't, go. <laughs> it doesn't create a, a wave through the squirrel community. It doesn't upset the way other squirrels live. Um, but we're not squirrels. And so when we fight over a nut, you know, it can, the ramifications of that argument can echo through 
history. Well, yeah, because then I'm going to get the rest of my squirrel family, and then we're going to attack your squirrel right, family. Right, we're going to try to get other ours yes. and yours, and then now we got. We're going to try to get other other squirrels, you know, upset as as a as a as upset as we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I think which I think happens a lot. <laughs> you know, well, we, it's strange, we, isn't it? We over communicate, and then we don't communicate enough. We're sort of always we're never in the balance, or very rarely yeah. it seems. Yeah, that's that's very true. And it's down to like the one-on-one level, like in a relationship or a friendship or, you know, a family. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's just the lack of communication. Then it just like it builds up and then you just release it all. And it's like, well, I mean, this, even when you over communicate, when you, when you, when you flood someone with too much all at once. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying is because it built, it built up over time. It goes either then, way. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. So absolutely. So what do you do? If people are like talking bad about someone around you, you know, do you just do you join in on talking bad about that other person, or do you just like just let them go and talk? Well, about if I also want? don't like that person, I am tempted to jump on the hate wagon. No matter, no matter what, even I'm if it's tempted, like, I, and of course I have. Over time, I've pulled back mm-hmm. from wanting to do that, uh, unless it's just too fun. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it can be a lot of fun to to hate certain. Yeah, I mean, it just is, unfortunately. And sometimes it feels like you know maybe a person's very deserving of the dislike they get. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the opposite is true if it's about someone I do like, uh, and if and that and the it, it varies by severity. If I really like someone who my friends are talking ill of ill of, uh, then I usually will just not join in, or I may even defend them. Yeah. I usually if I'm defending them that's someone very close to me, mm-hmm. like a brother uh or a mother, yeah. you know, a family member or a very close friend. Makes sense. You know, and I I will, you know, it depends on the situation. Yeah. If I have to come in strong and shouting or if I have to just come in authoritative and be like, "Well, you haven't considered this. Have you put yourself in this person's shoes when has this ever happened to you?" You know, stuff like that. Well, I think that's way more effective <laughs> making them it think is, about what It is, but it depends saying. on your emotion. Yeah. Again, I don't know. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. you, if you talk shit about my mother, I may not give a crap at all. About <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to be effective. I'm just easy. trying to get, get yeah. you down. And, I just want you to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Now, but that again, that there's variables of that too. I mean, wh- I consider you a close friend, so if you start talking shit about my mother, I'd really, I'd be, I'd be upset, but I'd also be just as equally curious. Like, why? What is? Why is he trying to upset me right now? Something's yeah. going on. So I'd, I'd care to know yeah. why that you're offensive, sense. but. If so like, what if someone tried to get you to talk bad about someone? Like, you know, sometimes they like. Yeah, some people pull you into their rant or yeah. their argument and they want they want company. They want some reassurance, someone on their side. Uh, I'm sure we can all come up with examples, but I grew up in a family that did that constantly and I hate it. Yeah. So I generally, you know, I try to be Norway. I just try to be neutral <laughs> in the situation. And uh, let them have their war, but sometimes you got to get involved. I don't know. The older I get, the less important at all it seems to be involved uh, in other people's problems, even close friends and family, because you can't, you just can't save everyone, and you can't really help people that don't want to be helped. And if they, yeah. all they're looking for is someone to sink in their ship with them, then you know, goodbye. Yeah, I think it's important not to to join in on it a lot of the time because the walls have ears. You never know who's listening and who's going to talk. Yeah, has that ever happened? You you ever felt really bad about what you said, and then the person found out about it? No, you said it about that's never happened to you. It has probably when I was like you know high school or below or whatever you know. Okay, but as an adult, it hasn't because if I am going to say something bad about someone, I would do it in front of them. Sure, but so I were you always that way? I mean, I feel like since like high school or below, I haven't over time. Yeah, over time, I'm sure, but. As an adult, I've never encountered mm-hmm. that because I realized as a young person, as like yeah. in high school or whatever, that the walls do have ears and they will talk. I agree. And, and actually, uh, I think it's just more fun to tell someone to their face. Well, yeah. And then if it's important, it, it, that's what really happens in my mind is it I judge whether or not it's e- if, if I cared, if it's even yeah. important to do that, because what is the outcome? What am I gaining? If I'm not gaining anything and I'm just being a piece of shit or I'm sometimes just, it's just to relieve stress. Right? Yeah. Like sometimes it's like maybe it's a boss or whatever. And they've been, you know, really hard that day. And then they've been making, making your life hell. 
And sometimes you just got to release that kind of tension and just by talking about bad about them. Yeah, sometimes I've had many helps. moments like that. But and, yeah, in most cases, I, I try to either stay out of the conversation or if someone asks me about my opinion, mm-hmm. I'll say it in the most diplomatic way. It's like, well, that person was really rude today. Or, right. you know, like, yeah, she's a... Kill them with kindness. She's a really rude lady, but, I, yeah. You know, just it's little things that are very meaningless. And if it does get back to me, you know, it's not like I <laughs> called him a cocksucker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start going on this rant about how evil this person is. I just said, like, yeah, they were kind of rude. And I would... You know, well, if a boss came up to me or someone that I, yeah, you know, that's something that I would be okay with, like, them hearing, you know? Like, yeah, you were, handled that situation kind of wrong, man. Yeah. Like, you were pretty rude about that. And, yeah, let you know, know, stand up what are they for yourself. Do? Yeah, exactly. If the, if the worst thing that can happen is you losing the job, then. But you're not going to lose your you're job. You're not, no. About saying someone was rude. Right, exactly. You know, because yeah. <laughs> exactly. you didn't say anything. You didn't really. tell him to go F himself. Yeah, you exactly. You didn't throw a punch. Yeah. It was not disrespectful. It was literally you were just expressing yourself. I have told a boss, like, why can't you talk to me like I'm a human? Yeah. You know, I've said that before. Right. And then it's like, it's just ridiculous how people, some people just take their power too far and they their power is literally nothing. Like, they're, they're a manager of a, of a team. Like, yeah, you got some power and you got some say, but that doesn't give you the right to talk to me less than human. No, it doesn't, and I think the the failure the, the failure occurs because we don't teach uh, each other. We don't teach young people, especially, how to manage people, how to how to manage responsibility, how to manage power. That, there that are kind. there are very few organizations and groups or anything like that that teach leadership schools uh, skills. Yeah. And I think leadership skills are very important, not only to be a leader in your field or a team or whatever, but a how leader. To, of yourself yes and how to drive yourself how that's what's important how to work with leaders too yes oh my gosh if you can figure out how someone is managing you and what they want out of you oh that makes the game so much easier communication is so much better that's what you want that's how i yeah that is is severely lacking thank you like it's like that's all i needed to know (laughs) yeah i think that's something they should add to you know school curriculum yeah, oh, that would be amazing if like actual schools did that. Because I've only, I've done leadership programs um, in college where it was a, a, se- a separate program that I was a part of. Yeah. And then I also was in Boy Scouts um, during high school and before that. And I was like, you know, learn leadership skills there. So I've been fortunate enough yeah, to. Yeah, in college there's definitely more opportunity but for leadership but they're not like, training. But... but they're not part of the curriculum, right? The general they, curriculum, right? No, it should, no, it, it should be, it should go it should be, your, it should be science, basic, math, leadership. Yeah, your I mean, basic my leadership human class. skills, how to be a leader. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's really important and it's lacking. Yeah. I think we would be better off as a society if we had that it sort of installed, pre-installed, at least the groundwork for it. But. Yeah. What do you think about like cultural appropriation? Do you think that. It, is even a, a thing? Do you think it matters? Well, I, or You're throwing big words at me. Cultural appropriation. Yeah, so it's like where you take someone else's culture and you use it. So let's say like uh, wearing a, a feather uh, headdress kind of thing. and um, Oh, like is that considered racist or offensive? Well, yeah, but offensive is a better word. Like is it offensive to do to what I see it as embracing someone else's culture, you know? Well, I know I, I read recently... Um, so, I'm actually a fan of the Resident Evil movies, right? I love yes. Mila Jovovich because yeah, I love she's great. I think she's great, um, and uh, I, I think she. I can't think of anyone else who is, you know, a triple A AAA, has a salary of a triple A, like actor, mm-hmm. but is in just high budget B movies essentially. Yes, right, and and they're fun. I I like them. So anyway, she was in a she is in a movie that just released in China. Uh, and it's supposed to, I don't know if it's coming to the States soon. I assume it is. It's Monster Hunter. It's, you know, the Monster Hunter movie. No way. You're not aware like that off the game? Yeah, based on the video game. That's so cool. So I'm bringing it up because um, it's it's getting, um, the game itself is getting bombed on any platform it's available on because of what was considered a racist joke in the Monster Hunter movie. And I don't remember the joke exactly, but it's something about like, 
the characters are talking, one character's talking about, you know, knees. And they go, which knees? These knees? And he goes, no, Chinese. <laughs> it's so stupid. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a bad dad joke yeah. at best. It even sounds lost in translation. But that that started a, a hate movement in China, or at least a huge hateful response to the director, the movie, and the video game franchise. Now, from my point of point of view, it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But here we go again. That's an example of a completely different point of view that I don't understand. Yeah, I don't I don't see how that can be offensive. Now, well, jokes are just jokes, right? Well, they I don't agree. mean anything. They're they're to help you. Sometimes they're to help you deal with hard, difficult situations, and that so talking about a traumatic experience can in a joking manner can actually help you get over it talking about race it normalizes it in any, in any it does way, it you makes know? it as normal as temperature yeah and, and what's wrong with that yeah I, I agree you want people to be able to communicate with each other and have this free-flowing ideas and everything and making jokes about whatever help kind of way helps that happen it does because it, mean, it shows you the ridiculousness yeah. of the the prejudicism that's what it shows you. It shows you how ridiculous that notion is. It's like, and then you're laughing at it, so you don't take it seriously anymore. And that's what would be important. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you're making me think of uh, what's his name? He's one of the Monty Python, the tall guy. How can I not think of his name? Oh my gosh, <laughs> so bad. We'll yeah, come, we'll I know come, we'll come back to that. Okay. But, he, you know, what I would ask you then is like, well, what do you think? Because is this motivated? Is this a conspiracy? Is it motivated by a political force or, you know, a, a company or, or an advertising agency to to generate less income for the studio or the director or the, you know, the, the people behind that movie and franchise? Or is it just its own monster born from our quick connection, our quick communication through social media uh, for anyone who's who's easily butthurt to just form an alliance, an, un, an un, you know, an unvoiced, an unlabeled alliance toward a specific when whenever something like know, that a is source of entertainment or you know insult. Yeah. Whenever whenever something like that is is promoted and and shown everywhere, like everyone's talking about this, everyone's talking about that. What aren't they talking about? What are they hiding? What did happen that that's covering up? Because that is not important. A joke. Well, that, what are they? Well, that in that particular taken, example, what are they? What would you think that they're hiding? Exactly. How? I, how could I know? But it's something that affects us more. It's like maybe there's an oil spill somewhere that just like killed like all the. Oh, I see. What you know, mean. like or maybe press. or maybe something to do with coronavirus is spreading again in China. But instead of talking about that, well, they're talking I, about yeah. you know this racist joke that literally means nothing. Well, as far as like. The hype on that particular news article—it's not very high. I mean, I only saw talk about it in the gaming, yeah, you know, communities, the forums that I visit. I don't, I don't look at the news. It's it doesn't affect me in the sense that I don't need to keep track of what's going on in the world all the time. I used to try and pay attention, but then I, all I come across are people's personal beliefs, and I'm like, that's no, not I what agree. I want. I've, yeah. All I want is the facts. Tell me what's going on without your bias. Like, well, that's very hard to get now. Hard. Try impossible. Yeah. Or if it isn't, tell me where I can go, please. Anyone tell me where I can go what to get non-biased news. It's like there's there's nothing. And then I've it becomes a so full-time many, job yes, to figure out job. who's telling you what, from what point of view. And then you got to come up with your own ideas about what these three different news sources that you just came up with. It's, it is literally a full-time job, and it makes it impossible to know what's going on in the world. So as long as my personal freedoms aren't being attacked, well, I really they, don't care about what's happening. Yeah, that's the worry. Well, I mean, one thing that really disturbs me, and it's like I never see, I never, there's so little of it on, let's, like, I'm about to talk about like Democrats and Republicans, but one thing that really disturbs me is I'll watch these videos where people do the work of finding uh, just clear-cut examples where news agencies either lied or just used bad information. So either they didn't care or they were capricious. Yeah, and I don't know which is worse, you know, ignorance or, or willful misinformation. Right. And there was just so much more that I've seen, at least in my experience looking at the videos. So I try to see both sides of the story. 
there's so many more videos of Trump being misrepresented than there is, say, Biden or, or Democratic uh, political power. Okay. Like, you know, power, power, you know, figurehead. Mm-hmm. That disturbs me a great deal. Not because I, I'm a Trump fan or anything, but just because I hate disinformation and lying. Well, it's censorship. It, it, it You're is censoring censorship. What, what yes. is, it's propaganda. In the sense of the truth. And it's really disgusting. And, you know, for someone, it's just, I can't imagine what that, you know, I know what it does to a young mind. I, I've been fooled before. I've had to, I've had to wash my brain out of the stupidity I once believed. And I, you know, I'm doing okay. I think now, but it's definitely something I still do. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware of it, at least, you know, and yeah, I know like you, you, I call it, I'm a, I call it being a satellite human. I, I am a satellite human. I'm just sort of orbiting around, you know, uh, what we call society what we call, you know, what, you know, I wonder, I never really thought only, of it as a satellite as in, as in going around. I kind of view it as a wall that I built up against society. And then I have my own personal door where I can walk into society and then I can walk right back out to my my little Midgard, you know, middle enclosure uh-huh. where I am a safe little, little and alone. pocket universe for Zach. Well, it does. It literally is. When you're by yourself most of the day and most days. I'm pretty much in my own little universe. Well, that's the worst. That's the worst thing about this isolation that we live in now. It's so detrimental. The long-term effects are not going to be good. I think. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I think that there's been a lot of things taken advantage, and a lot of our freedoms are being taken away, and that they're going to be yeah. easily t- easier taken away in the future. Just more and more. Yeah. It's just. Taken. It's a line in the sand. Cross that. Now it's another line in the sand. Now yeah. cross that. You know. It's. It's just a perpetual cycle, and it's just going to keep happening until we're a socialist communist state, and then we got nothing, <laughs> nothing to live for, and then we got to fight back, and then we become have another revolution, and then things will maybe be good again for someone, but you know, well, it's that just was a, a cycle. Fa- that was a fast. That was a fast movie. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it, the the revolution will have muskets, so, but not just muskets. I wish we could develop <laughs> into a society that decided its political problems through a giant mech warrior like bouts like, like are you a pilot inside or are you a controller it doesn't from- matter i think it's more interesting if there's a pilot involved because then human death is involved but this is my dark <laughs> fantasies <laughs> that's what i wanted to know people are dying yeah. or we're just figuring this out well i robots. think people, when major human decisions are made people not i don't know they should they shouldn't die but they do so it adds weight anyway this yeah. is a stupid fantasy so let me just finish it and move on but <laughs> like, you know, there's a movie called robot jocks that i grew up loving and that's what it is it, it takes place in the so-called future where countries no longer have wars because resources around the world are scarce so okay to so maintain they civilization they can't afford it so to maintain civilization wow. countries settle differences between you know land conquer and tax and tariff changes and things like that through a robot jocks tournament which is these giant mech warrior pilot human piloted machines right like something out of like a japanese science fiction yeah and it's cool and every country in the in the movie it's you know of course it's the u.s versus russia we're still mortal on (laughs) it and but i just like the variety that every country had between the robots everyone's trying to want it's kind of like you know what's kind of like is uh robot wars oh the actual tv show like the two teams making oh i love that stuff it was on g4 right yeah yeah g4 yeah and i I don't know they moved around but yeah it was on g4 i think it's spike maybe too probably but either way that was just imagine that but at a colossal level and I just wish that's that's it. That's the end of my fantasy. They I just wish we could evolve into robots that. explode. Yeah, yeah. Get get rid of you know neighbors versus neighbors. Let's make it <laughs> robots versus robots. It'll never happen, of course. Well, no, I think it will. We're already part where they we got drones. Well, that's, that's what it'll really be. It'll be nanite and drone wars. Oh my gosh, that's the future, man. Yeah, just like tiny robots, just like destroying your immune system. You know, just carrying you away from the inside. Well, what about Jeez. what about imagine? Poisoning a water with micro microbiotic programmed mm-hmm. robots that, yeah. are, that are microscopic that sterilize everything that they that they everybody they enter. I mean, wow. f- why go through the trouble of and bloodshed and work the the just hard work the of genocide, the genocide for the, for just the and their ability to have children? You can wipe out an entire I mean, country that way. We've done the U.S. has done that before with. Uh, 
with the mentally insane and like criminal people, like people who have been charged with like homicide and things like that, they've sterilized them. Right. Yeah. And, like an animal in the sense of eugenics and just trying yeah. to stop that from happening again, I guess. I don't know, but it's crazy. There's somewhere I read once, I forget where I might've been in America. I don't know where this was, but they had such a huge wild dog problem that what they were doing was just catching them. Um, they were catch because it was too much effort to just catch all of them and kill them. They reproduced too quickly. They couldn't, you know, okay. there was, they didn't have the manpower basically or the money probably right. is what that means. So instead was they would, they would capture males, sterile males, mm-hmm. alpha males, and then sterilize them. Wow. Or not in that they're fertile males. And then they would sterilize them and then release them. So it's the same concept as like, you know, like you poison one cockroach, you kill them all kind of mm-hmm. thing. Okay. And I thought that was, that made a lot of yeah. sense because, and you know, there's, it, it was cheaper and they could, they could affect more of the population and it worked. Apparently the wild dog population dropped wow. drastically just in a year. That's crazy. Yeah. Japan just moved them all to an island. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So if you're clever and imaginative, you can really take out a people. <laughs> yeah, well, no, our freedoms are precious and should never let them go for anything. Yeah, I just, where one thing I often argue with people on when we get into like philosophical conversations about freedom is that I don't believe in perfect freedom. I don't think that makes even any sense scientifically, you know, logically. There's no, there's no person that can perfectly govern themselves. Right. Or very few. And and certainly that lifestyle can't be applied to a mass amount of people. We can't all be mountain men with a private farm. There's right. just too many of us for that to be possible. And well, I, society just makes it easier to survive. That's like the reason we come together. Well, is, is that's like, also why we overpopulate. Ease, yeah. Yeah. The ease of survival is too too convenient in a society. But I do believe that lib that lib there are liberties that should be defended and that the idea of personal freedom when it comes to speech especially needs to be forever defended yeah for sure i'd say my top three are freedom of speech freedom of thought and 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 the right to bear arms i think those three yeah are the most the three most important things you can have in a society yeah any personal freedom that's what's important i think everything else can build off that that those three those are the core that's like the pyramid in horse riding. That's whenever <laughs> you screw up, you come back to the, you come back to like those it. three: the pyramid of freedom. Yeah.